Is The Birth of a Nation from 1915 a masterpiece of cinema, or is it solely propaganda, or is it a bit of both? Find out today on Really Old Movies. Welcome to Really Old Movies. I'm your host, Harrison Scullin, and today I'll be starting off season two with one of, if not the most controversial films of all time, The Birth of a Nation from 1915. Some essential movie details. This film is highly controversial due to its negative depictions of black people and for sparking interest and revamping up the Ku Klux Klan in the early 20th century. Even at the time, of the film's release, there were protests about this movie, and many organizations tried to ban the film, including the NAACP. Despite their efforts, the film premiered and was widely successful, considered to be the biggest success, a box office success, until Gone with the Wind in 1939. Despite all this, the film is now considered to be the first blockbuster because of the many techniques, such as close-ups and other camera tricks being used in every scene, But then it's also viewed as a double-edged sword because of the horrendous historical inaccuracies and atrocities that are depicted. And also, but it's also responsible for developing Hollywood into what we know as, as it is today. So it's a very complicated film with a very complicated history and a very disturbing movie. And so those are some essential details. Now we're... Now let's get into the plot. It's a two-part film, and it clocks in around three and a half hours long. And the first half is about the tensions that were building up in the North and the South in regards to slavery, also to the starting and ending of the Civil War, and then finishing off with the assassination of Abraham Lincoln by John Wilkes Booth. And throughout this film, both parts of the movie... There's a kind of Hatfields and McCoy story with the Stonemans, who are abolitionists, and the Camerons, who are on the Confederate side. And part two is a bigger focus on those families. It focuses on the Reconstruction era with Austin Stoneman, who's a member of the House of Representatives. He's enforcing many of the new laws that were being placed on the South as a way of reforming and reuniting the South to the United States since slavery was banned. Many in the South, including the Camerons, feel that they were being treated poorly, and Ben Cameron, he decides to start up the Ku Klux Klan to fight against the Northerners and Black people that were attacking them in the South. And he really starts up this organization because his sister, Flora, paid by, played by Mae West, she's chased by a lone Black man named Gus And she jumps off to her death to escape him because he's trying to harm her. And various events occur with with these Klansmen fighting the Northerners and black people and are being portrayed as heroes and justified for their violent actions, even though it's horrendous and awful to see what they're doing. They even intimidate, at the end of the film, black people from not voting, the black men from not voting. And it's supposed to be seen as this triumphant and heroic moment, but it's horrifying to watch. And the film ends with Margaret Cameron. She marries Phil Stoneman and then Elsie Stoneman marrying Ben Cameron, kind of symbolizing unity of the two families 
and trying to depict that um that they're at peace now and they're going to figure out how to succeed in reunifying the country which is a nice message don't get me wrong but with the kkk i don't think so it's not not exactly the the best approach it's a very dark and twisted approach so yeah that's the basic plot so now we'll get into my actual review now many people who review this movie um they automatically get every give everything zeros and whatnot and i'm not going to do that here i'm going to you know fairly assess it just like any other episode but i'll also keep in mind the, the horrendous stuff that is depicted in this movie so in regards to the plot, I gave it a 2 out of 5. I hated it. I thought the story was convoluted. It was difficult at times to know if you're at the Stoneman's or the Cameron's house. It would kind of cut back and forth between them. Um, so many so many of the actresses, like Mae West and uh, I think it was Lillian Gish. Um, maybe it was. I can't remember. But there were a couple actresses who looked very, very similar to each other. So it was very hard to keep track of what was going on. And also the homes themselves look very similar. And overall, in regards to the plot, I thought the first half was a lot better. I love the Civil War depiction. I love the actors for Lincoln and all of that. I'll get a little bit more into that in the acting. But you know, part two is where all the negative critiques of this movie really, really take effect. So part one, I thought it was good. Part two is where I have the biggest problems. Hence why I gave it a two out of five. In regards to acting, I thought it was actually pretty good. I gave it a three out of five. Um, like I said, I love the actors who play Lincoln, Grant, General Lee, even the John Wilkes Booth. I thought they were fantastic. They looked exactly like the pictures of these guys. It was actually incredible. Um, and I thought it was the best part, the first half. I really did. Uh, I think that was a great movie on its own. I don't think we needed the second half at all. I'll be honest. And... um. I really did not like Mae Marsh. She played uh, Flora Cameron. She's the one who dies. I thought she was kind of annoying. She was trying to play... I think she was trying to play a little kid, from my understanding. But it was just weird, because she was obviously older than that. And I thought she was a bit annoying, but maybe that's perfect for being a little sister. I don't know, but I just couldn't get behind it. I thought it was dumb. That's why I gave the acting a 3 out of 5. In regards to directing... So D.W. Griffiths, he's a very controversial figure. You know, I'll, I'll definitely add into that. But in regards to the film itself, I gave it a two and a half out of five. You know, he's got great talents. I won't disregard that. And especially in set design, camera scope, angles, editing. It's fantastic. But the reason why I gave him a low score is he did not provide enough nuance or dimension to these characters. Uh, his depictions of black people were appalling as were his depictions of the Northerners. He showed them as only being the bad guys. I know it's easy to, to do the same today, but the reverse, looking at the South as only the bad guys. But the truth of the matter is, both of them did good things, and both of them did bad things, and both sides really thought they were fighting for the right thing. So it's a lot more complicated and a lot more nuanced. You know, the South was justified in wanting to keep their state rights, but what was the state right to keep slaves, which is inherently wrong, right? But then on the other side, the North was also justified in wanting to unify the country. 
and wanting to abolish slavery. But they need to do that through the law of the land, not just by making executive orders, which caused the South to leave. So everybody was at fault here. That's why it's a civil war. Both sides were fighting against each other. It's a lot more complicated than I think uh, D.W. Griffith really depicts, and uh, which is a shame. It really is. And But at the end of the day, don't get me wrong, I'm very glad that the North won, that the country was unified again. Grateful for Lincoln, all of that, sure. But I really think Griffith didn't, didn't get into that too much at all, which is a disappointment. It really could have saved the movie, honestly. All right, in regards to cinematography and special effects, this to me is the highlight of the movie and the reason you should really watch it. I gave it a 5 out of 5. Superb, especially during the battle scenes in the first part and even in the second part. But keep in mind, a lot of them have to do with the clansmen riding on horses, and it's horrifying to watch. It really is. But the techniques are incredible. But if you really want to see the best parts of it, probably stick to part 1. But yeah, overall, beautiful, fantastic. And the use of uh, you know, color tinting, like blue, blue film for night, orange film for early in the day, and kind of a CPF for the rest of the movie. It was great. It was beautiful. But yeah, kind of horrifying to watch, though, in some parts. All right, in regards to music. So I watched the Kino Lorber version. I don't know if this is the original intended sheet music. Like I've mentioned several times with silent films. It's really hard to find the original music. So the music that was in it was good, kind of repetitious, kind of reminded me actually of the the music in um, Foolish Wives. Very, very repetitious. So if you are to watch this movie, I would watch it one part at a time so that the music just doesn't annoy you because like there's no there's no dialogue. You just hear the music. So I thought it was good. It did its job. All right, so overall, that brings my letterbox score to a 3.1 out of 5, which I'm rounding to a 3 out of 5. Now, here, here comes the tough part. Would I recommend this movie? I think the short answer is yes, but there's a lot of things you need to consider going into it. And I'll be quoting Roger Ebert, kind of butchering it a little bit, but basically he says that this movie, uh, Birth of a Nation, is showcasing the evil of these characters, much like how Triumph of the Will, the infamous Nazi propaganda film, was depicting that as well. You know, this is from the South's point of view. Many people on the South's point of view, right? If we treat it in that lens of propaganda or from an evil ideology... If we treat it in that lens, the lens of what we are seeing primarily in the second part, not, not as much in the first, but definitely in the second, is the evil side of humanity and the real opinions people had during the Reformation and the early 20th century. Some people really had these beliefs. It also shows how normal people can really become horrendous monsters to each other, even for a seemingly justifiable cause and reason. You know, the character... Gus, he's chasing a girl off a cliff because he's trying to kidnap and harm her. Maybe kill her. I don't know. But the response to that by the characters in the movie should not have been to organize a group that was even worse. You know, 
And like I mentioned earlier, Griffith did not show any of the nuance that really occurred during this era of the North and the South. It was not just simply good versus evil. But, you know, all in all, if you keep some of these things in mind and go into it knowing that this is the point of view from an evil ideology and belief, maybe not necessarily evil people, but the beliefs were, it may make the viewing experience bearable or maybe not. I don't know. But that's kind of how you have to approach it. All right. Well, those are my thoughts and feelings of The Birth of a Nation from 1915. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Make sure to subscribe to our Instagram and Facebook at Really Old Movies, where I discuss details about the week's particular film. New episodes are released Saturdays at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. All right. Thank you so much. This has been Really Old Movies. I'm your host, Harrison Scullin. Take care.